Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, the monthly podcast series brought to you by the creators of the Global Cosmetics Newsfeed. The theme for 2023 is Circular Cosmetics, and this month's topic is CBD. I'm your host, Siobhan Murphy. Hemp plants flourish with astounding speed, require only a modest plot of land and minimal pesticides. Their roots delve deep, sourcing water and nutrients well below the topsoil, and they possess the remarkable ability to purify the air by absorbing heavy metals. Inherently, products derived from hemp are eco-warriors, being 100% biodegradable and recyclable. They seamlessly align with the contemporary consumer's preference for sustainable, health-centric and wellness-based beauty products, which gained traction in the post-COVID era. However, it is peculiar that despite vast potential and a bourgeois in growth in regions like North America, South America, the Middle East and Africa, the beauty sector in Asia and Europe appear to be in retreat. To delve into this topic deeper, let me introduce this month's panel. It is great to welcome back Mallory Huron, Senior Strategist of Beauty and Wellness at Fashion Soups, a North American-based global trend forecasting agency. Joining us for the first time, we have Nicole Brennan, co-founder of Biogenic CBD, a UK-based brand specializing in natural plant-derived health and wellness products, and the world's first CBD brand to be awarded the menopause-friendly tick. And we are also joined by Angela Mustone, founder of High on Love, a premium wellness and intimacy brand from Canada. Welcome, everybody. Mallory, let's start with you. What are the consumer challenges and where are the opportunities that fashion snoops have identified for circular CBD products? Well, I think the um, the first major challenge, uh, which you hinted at in your opening, is that we are seeing a bit of CBD fatigue happening. The market has become quite saturated and now I think consumers are moving past it in some markets. But that said, I think there's a tremendous opportunity to reverse a bit of that fatigue and lead to what we hope might be a CBD renaissance. So definitely exploring new forms of cannabinoids like CBG, different cannabinoids uh, work on your receptors in different ways. And so some consumers who might not have experienced the desired results with CBD might find great success with CBN and CBG. And again, that speaks to the next challenge and opportunity that I was going to mention, which is, of course, the misinformation and education um, component of this. Of course, there's a huge amount of misinformation about what are the sustainable credentials of hemp uh, as a crop and also the production of CBD and the extraction of CBD. Of course, as you mentioned, it can be one of the most remarkably sustainable crops and there's amazing, amazing potential for it. But there's a huge amount of misinformation out there about how CBD can be used to contribute to a sustainable beauty economy not just as an ingredient within topical formulations, but also packaging, helping to um, grow alongside other plants, um, regenerate other crops. So I think the opportunity there is really education, educating consumers, especially within certain markets. There's a huge amount of work that needs to be done within education. We're still seeing common questions from consumers who still don't realize that there's not THC in most CBD products. Now, of course, we are beginning to see some 
hemp um, and cannabinoid products with THC in them, but that's a very specific opportunity and those are very specific products. So I think definitely increasing education and creating more approachable products is going to be key and also dispelling some of the greenwashing that we're seeing and some of the misinformation because due to the oversaturation of the CBD market, there have been a lot of bad actors in this space who have taken advantage of the trend and who are really churning out inferior CBD product, which is casting a bad light on some of the good actors within the CBD market who are working really hard to create sustainable quality products that consumers can trust. So I think definitely education within that will be an important component. And talking about good actors, Nicole, what are the consumer challenges that biogenetic CBD faces? I think that especially in the UK, their CBD is very much a trend at the moment. And I think we can see a lot of companies either have already or are definitely looking into jumping on the bandwagon as it is. For Biogenic, we take CBD as a very science-based solution, a natural alternative to pharmaceutical drugs. The CBD CBD skin sector is very much a problem-based solution is what people are looking for. So people suffering with eczema or psoriasis or a specific skincare problem or issue for them, that's what they're looking to try and help with. It could be just as simple as I have oily skin or I have dry skin and they're trying to add the moisture. So yeah, I mean, you can take a very real life example that I recently went through actually for a consumer challenge. My sister Scarlett, she came up with a rash on her hands went to the doctors and they said, okay, we're not sure what this is. Took her to a local hospital. Again, it was very, you know, they weren't really sure what it was, but to them, their first port of call was to introduce steroids to try and manage that. And me being in the CBD industry and favoring natural alternatives, I said, you know, I don't think that's the right thing. Let's let's look into this a bit more. So we gave her not necessarily a skincare item, but it was actually one of our cooling balms. So that's kind of more targeted towards muscle recovery after sport. We gave her one of those and within a day she was seeing differences. And then within two weeks that was completely gone. The hospital transferred her to a London hospital where the investigations continued and We said to them, we've used CBD to try and combat this, and now it's gone. And the hospital kind of, well, to be honest, they completely ignored our point of CBD. And I think that's that's key where, you know, Mallory's saying about education. People don't know the abilities of CBD. And a lot of the time, they'll jump at any kind of recommendation that the doctors will give you, because doctors are doctors, and they're there to trust. But that's only because they don't know the potential of a natural alternative. And is miseducation something that you are dealing with at High on Love? Angela? A miseducation, I wouldn't say yes. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of people that email us in terms of wanting more information, but we make it very clear that, so yes, we do have CBD in our products, some of our products. We also have hemp seed oil in the majority of our products because of regulations issues. We do a lot of exports to different countries. So we want to make sure that, you know, CBD is, yes, it's a topic that's was trending significantly, you know, years ago. Now it's, you know, as Mallory's saying, it's 
there's a little fatigue with CBD. So every, you know, now it's like, okay, what's next? What's next? And there's a lot of things that it's like are up and coming. But I also think that the U.S. market is gearing up for federal regulation for cannabis. So which is kind of upsetting the CBD market, if you wish, especially in certain states. So CBD was, you know, with the Hemp Act in 2018, everyone was with the Farmers Bill Act. Everyone was on jumping on the bandwagon and that's where CBD was trending so much so. But now because of certain states like New York State is open to the floodgates for cannabis, CBD now is kind of being put in a certain category like regarding payment processing. So there's a lot of pushback from banks and credit cards. So in terms of we can't sell CBD in certain states as much as we did like last year or a couple of years ago. So which is in terms of misinformation, miss, yes, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information out there, which is not really, I mean, I'm in the THC space as well. And certain, you know, I have flour and pre-rolls, et cetera. And there's a lot of misinformation that it's like, it's, I don't understand sometimes where this information is coming from, you know? So I just wish that this in terms of the FDA or like regulations, we've have like guidelines. So there's, you know, so the, people get the right information as opposed to what what's people are reading in certain spaces or people are fabricating. Okay, so Mallory, could you shed some light on the technical challenges and the opportunities that fashion snoops have noticed for circular CBD products? Well, certainly we're only seeing opportunities within this space for circular CBD. And the opportunity that we're identifying here is biotech. Biotechnology is something that at Fashion Snoops Beauty and Wellness, we've been tracking for several years. And lately it's just become this huge topic that we've been exploring because it's just, it just keeps on going, it keeps on innovating and producing amazing dynamic ingredients and packaging and innovations. So, we're seeing biotech having the potential to really innovate and refresh the cannabinoid industry. Of course, we've already seen numerous applications for sustainable cannabis-based products, leveraging tech solutions from sustainable meat alternatives to biodegradable packaging and building materials to textiles and biofuels and more. Even just making CBD more of a dynamic ingredient through biotech has massive potential to renew the market in the eyes of consumers. For example, there's a brand Vital Tonics. We love what they're doing with their nano CBD extraction technology. So just using biotechnology in ways that create synthetic alternative CBD or perhaps synthetic combinations with CBD as an ingredient, the possibilities are really endless. As has been mentioned before, as Nicole mentioned, CBD is an amazingly versatile and dynamic ingredient that we've only just begun to explore because this huge boom was around CBD. Again, going back to some of the other cannabinoids like CBN and CBG, there's huge potential around those. Also exploring the potential of THC. Of course, we're seeing huge updates for different healing modalities and psychotherapies. So I think THC is going to be part of that conversation. But in terms of tech challenges, definitely biotechnology is a great way to sort of expand the horizons of the cannabis market. And as well, just again, looping back to the education component, 
This is where technology can also play a key role. And education through consumer engagement by leveraging technology, I think, will be key to this sort of second renaissance of CBD. For example, QR codes on products that maybe show the full life cycle or perhaps explain through a video how the product is THC-free for consumers who still aren't quite getting the messaging um, or even for products that have THC in them, as Angela mentioned, explaining what it does and what it doesn't do and what it's designed to do and here's how you use it safely, I think will be a key component to showing consumers that these are safe, sustainable products that they can use and they can also feel confident using them. And Nicole, what about at Biogenetic CBD? What are the technical challenges? I think for me, what first came to mind was a lot of the technical challenges, again, come from consumer challenges. So currently in the UK, there's a cost of living crisis and CBD tends to be a more expensive product when comparing to skincare that doesn't include CBD. So how we tackle that, and again, it comes back to education. Why are you buying this product over a brand's product without CBD? And what what advantage can that bring to you individually as a person? Or if you know someone who's suffering with a certain skincare condition, and you can think back and say, oh, well, I know that CBD is really good for this and for this. Again, as Mallory mentioned, we're also looking at developing a QR code on our the side of our boxes, which will do exactly that thing. It will educate quickly. It's, it's convenient and convenient is accessible. If someone's browsing the skincare items, they look at CBD. It's, it, you know, it's in the adverts, it's in the media a lot, it's, but there's not any, there's not any solid evidence that comes with the commentary on it. So what that purpose would be to add a QR code to our packaging would be so that consumers can quickly understand the benefits and how it might help them as a person. You've also got to look at, from a technical point of view, I actually was listening to one of the previous podcasts and someone mentioned TerraCycle. So that was a platform, it's a platform that was made to give brands the platform to provide environmentally friendly, circular economy products to the consumer. At first, it was very popular. It very much fit in with the current trends. And it was, you know, people were doing it because they thought that it was it was good for the environment, which it very much is. However, when people realised it wasn't as convenient as they thought, the platform took a hit. And I think that the consumers aren't necessarily ready to utilise a returning service just yet. So again, that comes into education. It's like, okay, you're not using this platform, but where is that waste going then? Does it affect you on a local level? Does it affect you on a national level? Does it affect you on an international level? And how do we how do we battle those questions that consumers have? How do we put it in their minds in a in a way that they'll listen? And Angela, what are the technical challenges at High on Love? Sourcing my nano CBD sometimes, to be honest with you, because I've we produce all our CBD products in in the US. So in terms of making sure that I always believe in nano CBD because, uh, you know, the body absorbs 100% of it, as opposed to other CBDs out there. And I just feel that sometimes getting and being consistent because I want to make sure that all our products have So getting the making sure that our nano CBD, 
you know, like sometimes certain like suppliers, uh, you know, they run out of basically the raw materials. So I just want to make sure that we have, we're consistent with the, the quality in, that goes into our high on love products. And Mallory, talking about consistency, what are the environmental challenges and where are the opportunities that fashion snoops have tracked for CBG circular products? So I, I think the, the main challenge is that this initial CBD wave brought, as mentioned, a lot of hopping on the bandwagon brands and bad actors to the space who, you know, really are still relying on very unsustainable practices to a crop that, in essence, can be farmed super sustainably. So, I mean, all these brands that are trying to cash in on the CBD trend, these commercial growers have sometimes turned to things like pesticides and non-regenerative farming in order to gain a higher yield crop, which of course is going to turn what is supposed to be an incredibly sustainable crop into something that contributes to waste. So I think the opportunity within that space is of course regulation and regulation as I think we'll discuss later in this podcast is a tricky area for the CBD industry. But I think there needs to be some level of unity among responsible and environmentally conscious CBD brands to create at least some standards amongst themselves that perhaps can educate consumers on, okay, here, is what you should be looking for in a sustainable CBD brand. You should be looking for things like regenerative farming efforts, sustainable packaging efforts, additional initiatives within environmental and eco-friendly movements, giving back to local communities, making use of things like, for example, water conservation, solar energy. So I think all these things can really bolster sustainable farming practices. It is very difficult though, because we're, we're still in, in this space where, again, we have many, many reputable, responsible CBD brands out there who are sourcing ethical and responsibly grown CBD or are growing it themselves. But sometimes they tend to be overshadowed by these larger farms that are just trying to cash in on this movement, growing as much hemp as possible with absolutely no regard for the environment which really turns a lot of consumers off because many consumers who are seeking out CBD, as was mentioned, are seeking it out because they are naturally inclined to support organic, eco-friendly products and are seeking out these star ingredients. So I think definitely standardizing, even if this is an industry-led effort and this isn't coming from a regulatory level, I think can really help to clarify and bring some standardization to sustainable practices across this industry. And Nicole, for your brand, Biogenic CBD, what are the environmental challenges? I think the key one for us going into the into the CBD market was we wanted to really position ourselves as an ethical brand. That's a major part of our ethos at Biogenic. From the packaging, you know, you've got glue. So the glue that are on our stickers, that's all, it's all eco-friendly. We also don't use glue on our boxes. So they're just fold boxes. And that's purely for the eco-benefit to encourage a circular economy. When it comes to farming, as mentioned before, farming the CBD and 
We also include a lot of essential oils in our skincare. Really did our due diligence when it came to partners and formulators. We have a great relationship with our formulators and we task them with ensuring all good process from extraction of the elements through to delivery to us. Because that's for us as a, as a small business, that's a key part of who we are and what we stand for. And Angela, what about high on love? What are the environmental challenges for you guys? I just have a question before I answer that. I thought in the UK it was all synthetic CBD. Nicole, is that like, I mean, I'm just, excuse my ignorance, but I thought basically <laughs> you could only use synthetic CBD in the UK and in the EU. Yeah, so for skincare, you can only use isolate CBD. It can be plant-based isolate CBD or synthetic CBD, but it can't have any levels of THC in it. Right, okay. Because everything that Mallory's talking about basically is all US related. In the EU, it's a whole different animal. I know because we've federally legalized cannabis here in Canada, and a lot of our licensed producers are all in the EU showing the licensed producers there in Germany and in the UK how to, you know, in terms of set up greenhouses, et cetera. It's still like fairly new, especially with the cultivation of CBD. It is, and it's, it's difficult because EU member states have the right to interpret EU legislation as they like. So right. there's a lot of inconsistency within the EU countries. I mean, the UK is no longer part of the EU, but we were once a part of the EU and we tend to follow EU trends still because it was recently that we left. You've got the the situation in France. Finland is even considering making CBD products as prescription medicines. So you'd have to be prescribed them. So it really is it's from each country in Europe. It differs from country to country as to what they're doing with their CBD and, and the regulations behind it, which again then takes you back to the environmental situation on on how we all farm it. I mean, but the reality is there's not like fields of it. It's all greenhouses in terms of farming yeah. it. So you only could do so much regarding safe practices. It all depends yeah. on where you buy CBD and from what producer you buy it from. 100%, yeah. It's, it's, you know, when we were looking into creating our skincare range, it was so important important to us to find out exactly where, it was, where all the ingredients were coming from. But it's, it is hard to find a, a, a strong formulator sometimes because like you say it's 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 new in the uk we get all of our cbd oils our tinctures from the us yeah i know i was i did a show in italy at cosmoprof in march and had a supplier come and come to try to sell me cbd and it was funny and i I looked at him i go i get all my cbd from kentucky and colorado he looked at me goes okay you're good i go yeah i'm good (laughs) yeah we found we found the cannabis for our cbd in oregon and then it's formulated in New York, and then we get it sent over here for the oils, the tinctures. And you know, and it's funny that you say that about the EU. And I, like, sorry, I don't, I don't want to go off topic, but I did all my EU and UK registration for all the high on love products with the CBD, and mm-hmm. I we had all in the portal. And they accepted them. That's why we started selling in Europe. We started selling our CBD products in Europe and France. I have a warehouse in Paris now. Yeah, and I also did the registration for the UK. And it was funny. We and they've asked us for all the MS, all the reports for our, our cannabis, and they accepted it. 
and I, because I know the regs, you know, in terms of synthetic, and I was like, wow, they accepted it, and I was like, great, <laughs> more power to us, you yeah, know, I, mean, course, I, don't, I don't want to be listening to this podcast and be like, no, no, but, you know, having, having said that, you're right, in terms of, you know, having a clear, I mean, like guidelines, you know, for, for indie brands like ourselves, so what kind of facilitate and make life easier but hey you know what it's uh, sometimes as much as i want to be a pioneer and make a difference in the space you know i just you know and it's still like listen cannabis has a still a long way to go and there's so many great opportunities just think that it's like i feel that as the more information we give out the more inf- information we receive there's so much good we could do yeah 100 percent. so mallory thinking about all that what would progress look like in 12 months time so I think definitely progress in 12 months time, I think would be, as mentioned, a sort of reintroduction to the general consumer consciousness of the next wave of CBD products. Obviously, as discussed, and all that was super interesting, the idea that regulation needs to become more standardized because currently there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of instability within see who can grow what can they grow what kind of products can they sell from what they grow what percentage of THG can be present and so i think really regulation is going to drive what the the market looks like in a year's time but i think in terms of consumer consciousness definitely looking to cbd as a sustainable ingredient is still very much something that many warriors are concerned about. You know, they, they like CBD as a product. They've seen the potential. I think now just combating those issues of greenwashing, weeding out some of the bad actors within the space and at least helping consumers to identify them, directing them towards responsible, ethical, indie CBD brands who are doing the right thing and who are innovating in the right way. And also, of course, expanding beyond just CBD. And, you know, maybe maybe just that term itself is something that needs to change. Maybe just calling it the cannabis market or, you know, whatever. And going beyond CBD, again, trying to find new ingredients like CBN, CBG, as I mentioned earlier, and kind of diversify some of the offerings of this really amazing plant that has incredible potential, not just for skin healing, but for nutrition, for packaging, for all these things, it's, it's really a wonder plant. And so I think kind of expanding the consumer consciousness beyond just CBD and getting them to wrap their minds around, okay, this is a whole plant-based revolution would help to accelerate progress over the next year. And Nicole, what does progress look like for your brand, Biogenic CBD? For Biogenic, I think it's, we see CBD being a mainstream product in the next 12 months. You'll be able to walk into your local cosmetics shop and you'll see CBD products within this cosmetic sections. Again, it's about regulation as well. We've recently gone through the regulation, the Novel Foods Act, where the CBD that you consume, so that whether that may be a tincture or a gummy, is now a regulated market in the UK. So that it actually took, you know, about 900 companies applied. 680 of those were rejected and another 42 withdrew their applications. So for the UK CBD market in terms of CBD that you consume internally, that really cut out a lot of the 
people who were just on it to support the trend and not to actually be effective and help the consumer, which is ultimately what everyone wants from CBD. It's we want to help the consumers. You've also got the French, you know, they've initiated the process where if successful, the products containing the CBD and cosmetics would need to carry a warning label under the CLP regulation. So although this might be a challenge for a company like us, Biogenic, because of our plans to expand into Europe, it could also prompt the EU and the governments to carry out more scientific research, which would be beneficial to us because it will find you know, and cement the, the evidence that CBD can be so helpful to so many skin conditions. And then despite all the challenges that we've mentioned previously, you know, we're constantly being approached by spas to create spa ranges. So I think that CBD is definitely on their radar as a wellness supplement, whether that be internal consumption, through cosmetics, whatever it is. It's I think people are beginning to realise how beneficial it can be and within the next 12 months i definitely think we could have a more mainstream cbd market in the uk and angela for high on love what does progress look like in the next 12 months getting into more mainstream avenues as opposed to having just high on love in dispensaries and that's you know head shops and i just want it more in beauty shops and mainstream so we've i've we've just got word that we're getting into nocb which has 600 locations in france and they're so which is really i mean fantastic and we're on the right track so i just want to get more retailers like that that it's like opens the floodgates of you know our market so which is really i mean that that for me is progress And with that, I would like to extend my thanks to all my guests, Mallory, Nicole and Angela, and for you joining me today. 